welcome. Um, I am Diane. And we are the co-hosts of Our Journey, Sisters Speak. We thank you all for joining us. Today, we have the lovely and incredible Shonda Timberlake Jacob, who is my sister. Woo, 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 woo. And we have Steven, who is becoming a permanent fixture around here. I think he's trying to secure him a a host spot here, but we'll talk about that later. So we have been talking about communicating. We've been talking about um, checking in on your loved ones around holidays. And are we asking for too much from companions? But today we're going to get a little emotional. Our topic may bring some tears. It may bring some laughter. But we're just going to dive right in. Our topic today is about grief. And as I was saying to uh, Michelle and Steve, we only use the word grief when we talk about death. Why is that? Where did this, where did this come from? But I looked it up. And this is the definition for grief. Grief involves coping with loss. Death, divorce, and the loss of a home are all major events that people grieve. While everyone's experience of grief is different, There are common reasons that can be useful to recognize if you're facing a loss. Whether grieving or supporting a loved one, practice patience as you work through this difficult time. So we have Chandra. My sister said, I'm ready to talk about grief. Um, She lost her husband earlier this year. We're very sorry for your loss, Chandra, but I am glad to see that you have started recognizing what is going to help you through this. So do you want to talk about some of the things or ways that you have started to cope with your grief? So for me... um... My husband and I, we were married for 32 years. That's over half of my life. Um, He was my, basically everything. My companion, my friend. Um, So to have him pass away suddenly, uh, it just, you know, I didn't know how I was going to make it. You know, just as, just my friend, somebody's, who's there, who encourages me. I'm like, how am I going to make it? Um, And then even financially, you know, we always put our monies together and, you know, we pay what we had to pay and kept our lives going. So um, for me, I knew that I had to, but one, I had to get some therapy. 
I was already in therapy for other things. But I knew that I was not going to make it if I did not get some therapy to talk about what happened, um, get into a, gr a grief support group. Um, I had to do those things just to see my way because it was just like a, just a dark cloud, a dark cloud. And, I, and I'm like, okay, I don't know if I can make it. But I've always been a person who very busy okay um i have had to stay busy so where i'm at right now you know grief for me it comes it goes it can drop at any time i can be driving down the street and i'm just boohooing um i know that grief is going to be here i just want to try to work through it as best as i can um but for me working staying busy, but yet making sure that when those grief moments come, I take that time to grieve, even if it's one or two minutes that I am present in that grief um, so that I can get through it. I mean, I know it will never go away, but I am right now, like I say, I'm in therapy. I have grief counseling now can group. i can i interject you said you're in therapy now yes. were you always one to support therapy no not at all i was like what what am i going <laughs> i don't need that like um what am i gonna talk about and i always tell my when she calls i'm like you know i'm like what am i gonna talk to you about you know i don't but I end up being on the phone for the whole session, talking my head off. Um, I was never like in support of therapy. I mean, because I felt like I can get through this on my own. Me and Jesus, we got this. But, you know, you need to be able to talk to somebody who's impartial, who can help you. You know, I would always call my sister Diane. We'd be talking. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, I need somebody who really don't know me. <laughs> and and then I would say, um, what would I say? Like, you're always basically complaining about the same thing. And she was like, I just need you to listen. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's getting me through that that's all I can say working therapy that's what I mean it's a whole new normal that I have I have to get used to you know so I I, I, I'm going to ask you this um I was looking up the stages of um grief and you tell me if you've experienced these stages so there's okay. there's anger there's, there's depression. Yes. There's bargaining. Hmm. Acceptance. Denial. Sadness. Guilt. Shock. All of those. All of those. Okay. Crying. So, when you're in the anger stage. How did you know? Exactly. 
How do you know you're angry and who are you angry with? Hmm. You know what? I, I, I kept saying to God, why did he have to leave so soon? Why did you have to take, I was angry at myself too, because in, in the final days, um, it's like, I, I didn't recognize that he need to go to the emergency room. He need, you know, it's like, it, it was almost as if God was like, it's like I wasn't tuned in, but God was, I think it was his time to go. So it's like, usually I am clued in on, okay, you know, but I wasn't. And, and that was just strange to me because I'm like, why wasn't I clued in to seeing that he may need more help? So um, then you started to blame yourself. Yes, I was blaming myself. I was blaming myself. And then I, I said, you know what? Apparently God wanted it to happen this way. So therefore he didn't have me clued in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because um, it, it was his time to go. And I'm the type of person... Because the way we were raised, we raised very, you know, by a strong woman. If I see the door a little cracked, I'm busting it down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he didn't want it. He didn't want it. Yeah. Just, you know, and, and mm, that's all I can say. Okay. So I want to thank you first for sharing your, uh, your uh, grief with us. Now, Steve, you wanted to interject there? Um, related to something that Chandra said earlier, which is, uh, you know, that's how we, because we were raised that way. I was going to ask, what, what messages did you receive about grief as you were growing up? I am going to answer that, Steve. Um, I don't remember anybody ever talking to us about grief. You know, it's kind of like if you would cry, you not believing in God or, you know, so I feel like we were kind of, they didn't give us the right <laughs> tools to deal with grief. <laughs> no, not at all. Because being raised in the church, all you heard of is, oh, if you live right, you'll die, you'll go to heaven, right? That's all, and so that's all we heard. But what they should have been teaching us, when the person passed away, how it's going to really hurt you. You're really going to be devastated. You know, when my mom passed, yeah, I knew she lived a good, clean life, and I felt she was going to heaven, but it just left such a void, you know? Yeah. And nobody told you, you going to be hurt. Yeah. How are you going to deal with this? So, And so we're talking about grief in the form of death right now. But grief is loss of anything. And so I feel we're all on here because we have, we have lost something. We've lost a spouse to death or divorce. We've lost a job. 
a career, our independence to medical issues. We've, we've experienced friendships that broke us to pieces and we never called it grief. And we really didn't even know how to deal with it. So a question I want to ask is, Shonda, you told us a healthy way that you're coping with it. But let's talk about divorce. (laughs) Anybody want to interject on that? About how healthy or unhealthy you coped with that because whether you're in love when you get a divorce or you're not in love whether they cheated or they did not cheat your life is changing and how do we deal with that anybody want to interject on that Michelle (laughs) Um, I'd say for me It wasn't until you and I had that conversation earlier in regards to grief that I realized that I was grieving because divorce is a hard thing to go through. I went through those stages of anger. I went through depression. I went through blaming. I went through hate. I went through, it it, it was a lot, you know, at some point. Well, I'll say I started off in therapy prior to getting divorced because I think I mentioned early on that I had started suffering from panic attacks and didn't realize what what was causing those panic attacks. And it turns out a lot of my stress stemmed from my marriage. So when I initiated the divorce, it was a very scary time because then that would make me a single mother of three young kids, you know? But I knew when I made the decision to get the divorce, I did not want my kids growing up thinking the way my marriage was, was the normal way a marriage should be. So that's what prompted me to go ahead and go through the divorce. When you're in the midst of it, like Chandra said, I did a lot of things to keep myself busy, but you got to also remember while I was going through my divorce, my now ex-husband and I were selling a home. I was in the process of trying to find a new home to house myself and my three kids. I didn't know where things were financially, and I just had to go every day. So it was almost like it was an adrenaline rush. So I didn't have that time to grieve initially. It wasn't until I moved into my new place that it all hit me at once. And at that point, I felt very defeated. I felt very angry. I felt very hurt and it took a lot and it took several years for me to overcome that because I knew at the end of the day it was the right thing to do, you know, but when you're in the middle of it, you don't realize the toll it takes on you. So when you, when you and I had that discussion of grief, it opened my eyes like, yes, I was grieving. You know, because it was a significant loss, it was a major change, and it was bringing me into a new space that I was unfamiliar with, and I was scared, you know? So fear of the unknown, can we say, is 
a major part of grief. <clears throat> I don't know where I'm headed. And, Absolutely. And so I, I'm just unsure about my future. What's going to happen finance-wise? What's going to happen when I go to talk to this person and they're not there anymore? How do I deal with it? Um, it's not a manual. I had to learn a lot of things very quickly. There's no manual. No manual. You know, there's no manual on you're coming from a two-person household to now a one-person household. There's no manual on... Now you went from a two-parent family of three kids to now you're a single mom. There's no manual on, you know, I ha the one thing I will say through the grief is I tried very hard to shield my kids from seeing the grieving that I was going through because I didn't want to affect them and I tried to keep them as normal as possible. And, and then it's the question of what is normal. Exactly. You know, y'all say, say there's no manual, right? <laughs> is there a manual? <laughs> the manual is the Bible. Okay, okay. Come on with it. Come on with it. Aren't, aren't those messages, aren't those the kind of messages that you, like, grow up hearing, Chandra? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, here's like, my thing with that, Steve. What about people who don't know the Bible? So I was one of those, yes, I believed in God. Yes, you know, when I was a kid, my grandfather would take me to church, but I wasn't raised in the church like that. I didn't go to church every Sunday. You know, I had my connection with God. I believe there were times when I went through phases, but like Diane said, what about those people? I didn't look at that time in my life to the Bible as a guide to get me through what I was going through. And how many of us who have been raised in the church, when I go through losing someone through death or divorce, are actually reaching for the Bible? I'm, I'm just going to be truthful. I got to places in my grief where I said, look, Lord, I don't want another person telling me about what the Bible says because I cannot pray. I cannot read the Bible right now. I am so low, I got to look up to tie my shoes. I need this. I knew the prayers of the saints availeth much. So I said, I can't pray for myself, God. Lay me on the saint's heart. Now, I'm talking about when I suffered the loss of, well, I felt like my independence. When my medical condition came upon me and I had to retire from what had been my self-sustaining job, my career that helped me and my two kids, when I did uh, get divorced, it helped me to stand on my own. Now, all of a sudden, I was losing this. I went through a deep depression anxiety. I was scared to leave the house. Um, so I was going through all the stages of grief and nobody came to me and said, I'm sorry for your loss. They say that when somebody dies, but you know what people said to me? <laughs> oh girl, you are looking so good. Cause I was losing weight. 
And I had to look somebody in the face and say, I am not okay. Because they couldn't recognize, which you think people close to you should be able to recognize that I'm suffering. They did not recognize that I was not okay. What do you have to say about that when people, they just not recognizing the signs? Anybody want to jump in on that? How do you feel, Chandra, when somebody says, I'm sorry for your loss? Um, I got to say that, you know, when my husband passed away, right, there was, when they said, I guess it, hmm, I guess it, it depended upon who the person was. Okay. And I could like really feel the genuineness. Okay. And it comforted me. Okay. Now, if it was someone who I knew that you really never had me and my husband's best interests at hand. No, I couldn't I couldn't accept it. Okay. I was angry and I was like, please go away. Okay. Um, but people who I knew genuinely loved us, it, it just it gave it gave me such a comfort during those times, those hard times. That was the only thing that was keeping me going. So it did bring you comfort. Yes. Um, Steve, you wanna chime in there? I see you doing some writing on your whiteboard as usual. <laughs> I'm just outlining kind of what we have discovered and talked about so far. So do you want to interject there? Go ahead. I'm going to jump in real quick. I think the difference between Chandra and you in, in regards to your experiences, and we started off saying grief, we automatically connect to death. So it would be only natural for people to express their condolences. Whereas in your case, people may not have recognized that you were suffering because maybe you were putting on a facade that even those closest to you would not have seen it. And I can only speak for me, and you and I have had that discussion when I was going through a deep depression, you had no idea. So I can't be angry at you because I learned how to put on that that facade so that people would not recognize that I was going through what I was going through. So I don't know if it's fair to expect people to be there for us in that, um, to that magnitude if they are unaware versus Chandra's tragedy, it's out in the open and you visibly see. Mm. So that's where I think the two are different. So, Okay, so people can openly see you're getting a divorce, correct? Do people ever offer their help in any way? Or do they say, if you need to talk? What, what, what do people say in those instances? I Is that think how you know who your friends are? Oh, I'm sorry, Stephen, go ahead. So that's when you know who your friends are. Okay, what do you mean by that? 
your friends will say, hey, if you need to talk, they'll know you. And they'll say, if you need to talk, call me up anytime. Or if they know that you're more, you know, reserved, um, you know, they might say, hey, I'm a, I'm going to take you to lunch. I'm going to, I'm going to take you to lunch. And that's when you go, like, why are you taking me to lunch? I just want to take you to lunch, right? If you have built up a community, friends around you, they, they'll, those people will know. But you haven't been intentional, and you've just been, you know, vibing with people as they come. Many times you find yourself in a situation just like that, a serious situation, and there isn't anyone to help. There isn't anyone to give you emotional support. Um, there's no one to lend you an ear for 10, 20 minutes about the same thing again, you know, but still give you that empathy and let you know that you're worthy. What do people say? It's really like, what do your people say? What? Okay. So we have... What do you feel Go that ahead. your closest of closest friends, we assume that they know, but at what point do we express to them that I'm having a hard time, I'm struggling, I need you? Like, at what point do we take some ownership in that and not put it on the people who we feel should know? Because not everyone knows. You can assume that, well, they should know. They know me well enough. But is that a right assumption for us to put on people? And I think I think that's where a therapist comes in at. <clears throat> because when I was going through uh, my depression and anxiety because of my health and the loss of my job. Because, like Sean just said, we were raised to be strong. I felt like if I was to show any sign of weakness, I'm not trusting God. I'm not an independent person. So I would not say to my friends... I'm hurting. I need help. I would not talk about the situation because I didn't want to appear weak. But thank God I did find a therapist because like Sean just said, they're impartial and you can complain as much as you want to them and you don't. And they were the ones who helped me to understand you're not weak because you recognized that I'm having these issues. If I was weak, I wouldn't have recognized I'm having these issues and I need to find help. So she helped me to understand you're actually strong because you sought help. And so- How empowering is that? <laughs> it was so empowering. And it, it just opened up a whole new world for me because all I saw myself as was a teacher. That was it. That was who I was. That was my identity. She said, you are so much more than what you do. And you have affected so many people through your lifestyle and through who you are. 
And that is what helped me to get through my grief, talking to a therapist and seeing myself the way other people saw me. And I didn't realize how other people saw me because I was just going on being me. I was just being me. So I think we have... I don't want to be too invasive, but I am interested, Chandra, in what therapy is like when Mm. you are talking about the death of a loved one. Okay, so with my, I mean, with my therapist, I I talked about everything, any little thing, you know, that I have been affected um, by, you know, I, I was talking to her recently about like financial stuff. I was like, um, you know, I didn't know how I was going to make it. And, um, but you know, and then God always, he always does his work, you know? And I was just talking to her about that. But in the meantime that I'm talking to her about that in the back of my mind, I'm saying, I know God is going to work this out. It's, It's almost as if for me, when I'm talking to her, it's almost as if my mind is, is is in two different places. I know that I'm independent. I know I'm going to make it work. I know such and such, but mm. yet I'm like, you know, feeling like, how am I going to do this? But I know I'm going to do it. You, I don't know if you can understand that. Um, we talk about that. We talk about just any little thing. Of, of I, I recently was talking to, to her about I remember, you know, he would come in into the kitchen while I'm cooking or if I'm going out to the grocery store and it's late, he would make sure he's on FaceTime with me the whole time. You know, just any little thing that I can think of that is affecting me at that moment. And when talking about it, you know, she's like, well, you know, well, well, what did you do? Um, Well, how how is that affecting this or that? And what I love about my therapist is when I'm talking to her and telling her certain things, she's encouraging me. Oh, well, you know what? You did that correctly. Or you, you're pretty strong. Or, you know, and I'm like, I'm saying, I'm, I guess I am. <laughs> so the but, therapist is actually helping you to see another side of yourself. Yes. yes. Or she, she's bringing that confidence that I know I have in there, she's just bringing it to light and saying, yes, you can do this. You know, so that's kind of how that goes. And, and I think it's helpful when we hear it from a therapist other than a family member or friend, because we're like, oh, you have to see me that way. You know, or yeah. we've complained to them so much. It's like whatever advice they're given we're not really listening to it. So yeah. thank God for therapists. <laughs> we are... also thank God for family. Yeah. And because they give that, they gave me all that love and it just helped me in those moments. I didn't know how I was going to stand up and put some clothes on that day. Mm. But 
because all of that love and support. Whew, I may need a minute. All <laughs> that love and support. It just really helped me to keep going during during those times. So I'll take my moment. I'll okay. Take my moment. <laughs> so I think about uh, grief. I remember speaking with my therapist. We love our therapist, like a good, a good therapist. A good one. And you know, you know, we always say everyone should have therapy. Um, I was describing to her a sadness, like something that I was sad about and trying to describe the, the deepness of it or the different perspectives mm. of it. And she says to me, you know, Steve, it sounds like grief. And I was like, huh? <laughs> right? Turned my head to the side like I had gotten some new programming that I needed to evaluate. Like, Nobody and, had ever called it grief. Right. And that speaks to what you said earlier. Like we only think of grief when it comes to death, but it's it's about loss and the yeah. deepness of that loss. Oh my and goodness. It's different for me and for you and for you and for you. And so we don't necessarily communicate. We don't sometimes know how deep the loss is. Exactly. Let alone communicate it to someone. Sometimes we get stuck in our heads like, I am feeling so something. I don't know. Like, what's wrong? Yeah. How are you going to talk to somebody about that? Like, <laughs> you don't even know what's wrong with you. That's so true. Exactly. That's exactly. So that comes to what does it look like? I think with every person, grief looks different because just like when Chandra and I lost our mother, I was like, why are my sisters crying? And I thought something was wrong with me because I'm like, why am I not grieving the way they're grieving? However, it took me a whole year to understand I was grieving and I didn't even realize I was grieving. I had probably gained like 40 pounds and I was like, I'm just going to eat whatever I want to eat and be happy with my fat. Right. (laughs) That was my mindset and had, had never even thought about it. And it was a year later, a friend said to me, what happened a year ago? And I was like, oh, my God, that's when my mom died. I had been eating my feelings and did not realize I was grieving. Yeah. But I thought something was wrong with me because I was not crying the way my sisters were. So everybody, we internalize grief differently And also within that year, I had all kinds of health issues. And Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that was all a part of my grief, the grief that I was holding in. Yeah. So at what point 
does grieving become more than grieving meaning i know there's never a time limit put on the process everyone has to grieve in their own time but do you fear feel there comes a point when it's beyond grief and it's gone into something much more deeper well what i'm hearing you saying <laughs> hearing you say is kind of like when people after maybe 10 years they still haven't gotten past this certain point that's a good question, Michelle, because I feel like maybe they're stuck because they have not gotten the proper help to get them through this grief. And yeah. so it has turned into something else. Um, I don't know if you all have ever watched Hoarding Buried Alive, <laughs> but oftentimes these people are hoarding and hoarding and then when the psychologist comes in, they find out they have suffered a loss. And that's when they started just hoarding things. They never got the help they needed, so it manifested into something else. And I think that's why we want to say to our listeners, <laughs> let's identify the signs of grieving and let's not be ashamed to get the help that we need. Yeah. We are all components of therapy. We are all components of talking to loved ones or close friends, whatever it may be. You've gone through a divorce. You've gone through, um, maybe you've lost a child. Maybe you've lost a spouse. Maybe the job you have been on for 25 years, all of a sudden, they don't need you anymore. Loss of a friendship. Loss yeah. of a friendship. I know I had a really, really close friend. And when that friend that I felt betrayed me in such a way, I was thrown off. I was like, oh my God, like I was blindsided. And, and I was like, now what? I really didn't know what to do. And even till today, you know, no matter how much I say, okay, I forgive it, I, I'm over it. If that person calls me today, still I'm like, oh my God, I'm really not over this. And why am I not over this? And I think it's because I don't think the person really understood the depths of how they hurt me, you know? And most of the times we get on defense when a person says, you hurt me, you know? Instead of us saying, oh, I'm sorry, we'll start saying, well, you hurt me too, you know, <laughs> and nothing is really resolved. So I think that's my issue that's there. That's really interesting. So. <laughs> I don't do that at all. No, because you're all sunshine and rainbows, throw, right? Y'all throw me off. You all, all, all sunshine and rainbows, right? <laughs> yeah. Until. 
Yes. So I think. Like what brought you here? When you say what brought her here, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. What 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 I mean is you are, this is such a helpful subject to a lot of folks. Um, The expression of grief and and talking about grief. Like we talked uh, earlier and y'all mentioned, uh, one of the messages you received was like weakness and grief, right? Uh, and that stopped a lot of people from talking. So we're here on all of that and talking. And I just want to know from you, Chandra, okay. what brought you here? Um, I think that for me, it's, I felt like I am ready to confront it, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Felt like I had the tools that's important the tools the tools to talk about it um i think it's a very i mean because people don't really talk about grief you know and and how to get through it or or just how to sit in it the situation i was just ready to talk about it now you know you know whether it, it will help me now when I was talking to Diane a couple of days ago, I was very nervous. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I could do this. And then even my body, you know, had signs of, uh, this may be too much for you. But I just said, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to see, you know, I'm going to do this. So, um, yeah, I'm okay. You know, and I'm I, okay. I think by you sharing it helps others to realize, okay, I can get through this if I have the right tools. So how do we go about getting the right tools? Well, first we said we have to identify that we need help. Then we have to say, I'm not weak. All the stuff our parents taught us about being strong and all the baggage and trauma we have suffered throughout our childhood into adulthood that made us think I'm weak if I seek help. We have to say away with that. I have to decide what's best for me. I need to be in the right headspace because like I I was listening to the message today, about God's purpose, your will. God has a sovereign purpose for you. This is the temple he wants to to carry that purpose out in. How we get to that purpose, you know, depends on whether or not we line up our will with his will. Sometimes we get off track because of all the baggage that we bring with us. And all the detours we make. But God has a purpose for you in your life. Satan cannot stop that purpose. So we need to understand. Okay, I'm grieving. I'm not weak. In order for me to get to the next phase, to get closer to the purpose of God, I got to get me some help. Okay, 
So. Man, that's a lot of stuff to overcome, ain't it? <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. But as we said, Steve, your people, you got to find your people. That one close friend, even if it's a, a co-worker or a family physician. I know now when I go just for a checkup, they're saying, have you been depressed? If you've been depressed, say yes. Check that box. <laughs> Stop trying to cover it up. Yes, I've been depressed. No, I have not been eaten. Whatever. There is, there are people out there who can help. We just need to take off the mask. As Michelle yeah. said, we are good at hiding it. Take off the mask. Expose, hey, I need some help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Chandra, I wanted to thank you for sharing your story with us because this is something that's still very new. And for you to have the courage to come on, and I know you said you wasn't sure how you were going to get through it. Yeah, you all, we, we truly appreciate it, you know, because you will be that one person to help the next person who's going through what you're going through. Yeah. And Stephen, we thank you as well for being vulnerable because when Diane and I first started this podcast, it was just two girls talking about <laughs> everyday stuff. And for the two of you to be vulnerable and share your experiences is truly a blessing to us. Yeah. So thank you both. And so I want to leave us with this scripture, John 14, two through three, earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. So God knows, God knows yeah. we think we're by our, ourselves, but when we get to that point that we cannot pray for ourselves, say, Lord, lay me on the saints heart. Those that we know can pray. Pick up if you can't pick up the phone, just say, Lord, lay me on the saint's heart. And there is someone that's in touch with God. Truly, we're not talking about those people who, you know, they talking loud and living nothing. But a true person who's in touch with God will say, you know what? Steve been on my mind. Let me pray for him. You know, they don't have to pick up the phone and say, what's wrong? What's going on? They're just praying in the background. And so we like to end, usually, Shanja, with a prayer, an encouraging word or something. Would you like to pray us out? Or would you like to give us an encouraging word? I would like to just give an encouraging word. Okay. Um, just stay. If you feel you cannot make it, because I am a, I am a spiritual person. I don't want to say religion, but I am a spiritual person. And if you don't think you can make it, call, just call on Jesus. Yes. Call yes. He is there to comfort. He is there to, I mean, be your friend. Whatever you need him to be, 
he will be it. Yes. Now, I use that a lot in church. And when you don't really go through stuff, you don't really know what that means. All right. But when you go through some hard stuff, you have to call him. And he'll be right there yes. to bring you through. Yes, yes, yes. What does that song say? If you call on Jesus, yes. <laughs> he will answer prayer. <laughs> well, we like, I'd like to thank you all for joining us. I'm going to say a little prayer. Michelle, you've been a little quiet over there. Maybe you should pray for us. No. <laughs> all right, Father, we thank you for our listeners. We thank you for our guests. We ask you, Lord, to bless them and cover them. And Lord, help them to find the help that they need to get through the grief, the stages of grief, and help them to know that whatever they need, they can call on you. And we thank you, Father, and we praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, until next time, our listeners, we say thank you for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs>